0: Experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to episode 200 of the Diz Unplugged um, Connecting with Walt podcast. I am your host and Diz historian, Michael Bowling, and I am joined by my co-host, executive producer, and good friend, Craig Williams. Craig, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. How are you, Michael? I am doing well. It's Fall is in the air here. I've turned on the heater. I'm wearing a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and uh, leaves in my garden are turning on the trees. So here we are at fall. I'm, I have to go pick up some pumpkins so I can carve jack-o'-lanterns. Out here, though, like in Florida, you I know in some places you can carve your jack-o'-lanterns like a week or two in advance of Halloween, and they're all nice and fresh. Here, only a few days in advance. Yeah. Otherwise, they start to uh, really look scary. Yeah, we have about,
1: <laughs> uh, I, I would say, 48 hours here uh-huh. from the time, the time you cut and put it out. It, it, 48 hours later, if it's not in the trash, it is rotting on your front porch, and— it's either for the raccoons or whatever is going to go after it, but uh, it's it's not pretty. I've made that mistake yeah, a couple yeah. times.
0: <laughs> yeah, people who first move out here, that they move out here, they do that too, because we're not quite as cold as the Midwest and New England and all that. You know what? A trick, though, somebody told me to soak them in a bucket of water, and that helps for like 24 hours, or put Vaseline or petroleum jelly, because we're not Vaseline is not a sponsor of the show. So put petroleum jelly on them. And supposedly that helps preserve them longer. I've not tried that. Yeah, I figured there's even like
1: maybe a – it sounds weird, but like a clear coat uh, if you – you have that, like if you're into spray painting and stuff, but at the same time, if you light it up with a candle, I don't think that
0: might be safe. Uh, so. It'd be like the, like Pumpkin Jack holding that jack o' lantern on fire in the film. It would make for a very exciting Halloween. <laughs> it would. It, it a very brief, exciting moment. Yeah. <laughs> it would be cool. Yeah. So, well, sadly, we have to start this episode by remembering another Disney legend who has passed. And that is Disney legend Ruthie Thompson, who started her career with the Walt Disney Studios in the ink and paint department in 1937. And she worked on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. She retired in 1975 after completing her work on The Rescuers. Now, and when she started at the studio, in 1937, she was quickly promoted to final checker and supervisor of scene planning in reviewing cells and guiding camera movement and the, and the camera mechanics used to photograph animated scenes and background art onto um, film. And she pioneered, actually, the whole um, scene planning department. And and she worked on several features, including Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, Sleeping Beauty, Mary Poppins, The Aristocats, and Robin Hood. And so it is amazing that just all the films that she worked on in her career. Um, Ruthie met Walt and Roy Disney when she was an 18-year-old employee at DeBrock's Writing Academy in the San Fernando Valley, where Walt and Roy played polo, and Walt offered her a job as a painter in the ink and paint department, but her association with the studio went back even further to the 1920s, when Ruthie was a child growing up near the Disney Brothers studio on Kingswell Avenue. In her Disney Legend interview back in 2000, she said, Once Roy asked us neighborhood kids to play tag in the skirt in the street. While he photographed us with a movie camera, I suppose it was for the Alice comedies. He paid each of us a quarter, which I was glad for because I could buy licorice. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Her career started with the Alice comedies and went all the way through to the rescuers yeah that that is wild you cannot get much earlier than that
1: <laughs> really no. and you know rescuers What that 76 77
0: 77 i think yeah. isn't oh, it? that's that's a long span <laughs> that is remarkable um, Ruthie Thompson passed on October 11th, 2021 at the Motion Picture and Television, um, Fund in Woodland Hills. She was 111 years old. Yeah. I don't know if anybody asked her what her secret was, because I always find it entertaining that when, when you ask somebody who's lived, um, an extraordinarily long life and you ask them, so what, what do you owe your longevity to? And they say, well, I smoked a cigar and had a shot of bourbon every day. I mean, they always do all the things that you're not supposed to do. Exactly. You, <laughs> you either
1: hear that or you hear the exact opposite of the, I don't eat red meat. I don't eat after five o'clock. I don't touch alcohol. And it's like, So apparently you either just
0: have to have all the fun or you have none of the fun. I know. Yeah. There's no in between. Yeah. I know, but, and everything I heard about her through other, through things I've read about Ruthie, what other people said about her was that she was so wonderful to work with. She was a wonderful collaborator, a wonderful mentor. She was a pioneer for women, um, in, 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 um, you know, in the motion picture industry, mm-hmm. and I think, Craig, did you and I see her at like a Destination D event? I know I of. saw. Her. I think we did. I think we saw her at a Destination D event. She was in the front row of one. I'm I feel like I remember it. that. Like real, I, I not to say it
1: in this way, but I feel like we remember uh, just a really old person being there with it. But um, I but as a general role, I felt bad with this one. Like I, 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 of course I, I see emails come in like D23 will always send out their obituaries. And I saw the name and didn't really, didn't really dawn on me, recognize who it was. And then as soon as I saw the age, I was like, okay, I need to clearly look into this person a little bit more mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's yeah. clearly not just your, uh your run of the mill uh, person in the Disney
0: company at all. But, um.
1: I think you might be right, though.
0: I, I think now, Yeah, I I remember seeing it. I think we were off sitting to the left, and she was down in the front row and right because she was in a wheelchair. Yeah. So she was down on the floor to the right. I can't remember what panel it was for, though. It's been so she wasn't now. a part of the panel, <laughs> but she was there attending, and they spoke to her, and she was sharp as attack. Yeah. When they spoke, she spoke, they gave her a microphone and she spoke and um, anyway, but last year for her 110th birthday, she told D23, have fun, try to do as much as you can for yourself and remember all the good things in life. So all all of us here at the Diz offer our condolences and best wishes to the family and loved ones of Miss Thompson. And, of course, we are definitely going to remember her for all of the work and contributions she did on all of our favorite films. Yep. Well, you know, we've reached a significant milestone with Connecting with Walt. This is our 200th episode. And, you know, not all podcasts can... um Make that claim that they've reached 200 episodes. Uh, no, Uh, not, not in the the mainstream world of
1: podcasting. And even on the Diz network, <laughs> I, I checked to see what of our other shows have made it to 200. And obviously the Walt Disney World edition is oh, yeah. almost to 1200 <laughs> now. So, but that's also the original. So that's in a different league. Uh, obviously the Disneyland edition podcast had reached over. 200 episodes uh the universal edition that i host with rhino is we just crossed 300 a couple weeks ago and congratulations thank you thank you uh the only other show that has successfully crossed 200 is the dreams unlimited travel show which has been on hiatus for a long time now so um i we are one of three active shows on the dis unplugged podcast network that have made it over 200 episodes so
0: congratulations. Thank you. Well, Kurt, congratulations to you. And thank you for all your support in helping to get us to this milestone. Yeah. I don't I don't wanna
1: I don't wanna like you know fluff us up too much because we just celebrated our sixth anniversary <laughs> last <laughs> I week.
0: Know. Uh, I know. I <laughs> know
1: but yeah, it's still it's a huge, huge milestone and I mean you know the the goal of this podcast, when we record it each week, is to try to be around at least an hour long. And you know, it's I think our longest episode was three and a half hours long. So if we really just cut everything right at that hour mark, I think we'd be at
0: about like we, we'd be at like four hundred episodes right now. But. Well, we do have bonus episodes when we were oh, the event podcast. True. So we actually have more than two hundred episodes.
1: That is very true, and like we did a couple Christmas bonuses, and yeah, uh-huh. so
0: I I kind of forgot
1: about those. But. Yeah,
0: but for our weekly episodes, this yeah. is the two hundredth episodes.
1: So so but, awesome. But so I know promised.
0: on my iPod it shows we're over two hundred. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But, um, but, th- and thank you to everyone in our Connecting with Walt family for your support. In the last couple of episodes, Craig and I shared our memories of Walt Disney World and our thoughts about the commemoration of Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary. And in one of those episodes, uh, we shared the memories of some of our listeners who recorded their memories and sent them in. And I listened to those and I found them joyful and some of them were, very bittersweet since some of the memories involved loved ones who have passed and how grateful they were that they had those, uh, you know, those wonderful moments with their loved ones at Walt Disney World. And I certainly can relate to that, having spent so much, so many wonderful times with Carol um, there at Walt Disney World. And this week we are sharing more memories from our listeners who emailed their memories to us so craig and i are going to take um turns reading those yes so so we have these here and so uh we we went through these beforehand and so i'm going to start with the first one and this one is from stephanie and it says hello michael craig and fellow disney fans when i was about six years old my family went on an epic two-week road trip from our home in Texas to visit my grandparents in New Jersey. We made many interesting stops along the way. I love road trips like this. You know, th- that, this is my commentary that I'm throwing in. <laughs> we We visited some old plantations in Mississippi and Louisiana, saw Washington, D.C. and Williamsburg, Virginia, and we went to Disney World. Now, Stephanie, of course you know it's Walt Disney World. but This was the late 70s, so only the Magic Kingdom existed at this time. My parents rented a pop-up camper, which they hitched to the back of their Dodge Sportsman van. Oh, oh we, we have a pop-up camper, too. Gosh, we had so much fun in ours, too, when our kids were little. Those were the days when seatbelts were optional. So my sister and I spent many hours on that road trip, roaming around the back of the van, playing with our Barbies and Star Wars action figures. Oh, that sounds great! Yeah, uh, in our life.
2: La- <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, oh please, C- Carol's dad. They 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 put. They had one of those vans where there were no seats in the back. They put lawn chairs oh, <laughs> in the back when the whole family had to ride in it. <laughs> at least my family kept the benches in. Yeah. <laughs> so, in Orlando, we stayed a couple of nights at a campground near Disney World. I distinctly remember all of the citrus, citrus trees in that campground. On our first night there, my mom made us pancakes for dinner, and I thought that was just one of the best things ever, to have breakfast for dinner. Oh, I agree. Our day at the Magic Kingdom was amazing and so much fun. I still have the photo that my dad took of me, my sister, and my mom in front of the castle. The trees at Magic Kingdom were definitely a lot smaller back then. I remember going to see the country bears on that trip. I was just fascinated with Teddy Barra, the beautiful lady bear on the swing. I thought she was so glamorous. Now seeing the Country Bear Jamboree as an adult, I laugh for completely different reasons than when I was six. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. The jokes in that show are so subtle and witty. The Imagineers really did a great job with that attraction. We also went on the Haunted Mansion that day. I remember being so scared that I hid my face in my mom's lap for half of the ride. Despite the scary ghosts in the Haunted Mansion, we had a really great time that day. The next morning, when my sister and I woke up, my mom said, Hey, how would would you like to go back to Disney World today? Oh my gosh, really? Seriously? Our second day was even better. When taking a break from rides, we took the monorail from the Magic Kingdom to the Contemporary Resort. It was so amazing that the monorail actually went into the hotel. We didn't eat at any of the restaurants and couldn't afford to stay at the Contemporary. We just walked around and explored the hotel. And I distinctly remember my mom saying, wouldn't it be great to stay here someday? Just for one night. Someday we'll do that. It's now many years later, and I haven't stayed at the Contemporary Resort yet, but someday soon we will stay in one of those tower rooms. Seeing the monorails, race by at Disney World never gets old. Disney World is a special and amazing place, and I really love how I can now share it with my own children too. And that, that is special mm-hmm. when you can do that. P.S. Love your podcast. Cheers from Gilbert, Arizona. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Yeah, that, great that was story. Great, great stories. Great memories. Yeah, I think a lot of us who grew up in that era can identify with a lot with that. <laughs> and, and I can't,
1: but that's why I love that we did this because we did get a couple uh, a couple uh, submissions that were around the seventies, and so it's fascinating to to hear back from all of you about what it was like back then for for me mm-hmm. in particular since i obviously wasn't there for it and i just i really want stephanie to get into the contemporary now <laughs> yeah
0: really really
1: <laughs> i need i need that to happen and i need to know when it actually finally happens yes you'll have to <laughs> tell
0: us stephanie send us a photo
1: yeah exactly <laughs> nice follow-up <laughs> mm-hmm. But our next one that we are reading comes from Natalie from New Concord, Ohio. Michael, I'll try to bring as much uh, passion and enthusiasm to reading as, <laughs> as you do, but uh, no promises at all for me for me at least but oh, you'll uh, do just fine I, I will do my best i will do my breast breast wow <laughs> that's <laughs> off to a bad start
0: you're off to a good yeah, start <laughs> I, will, I will do my best to bring your
1: stories to life as well mm-hmm. as i can but uh, natalie says there were so many memories that i felt like i could choose from but what is coming to mind right now is my solo trip in march of 2020 pretty big time obviously Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the special things about disney for me is meeting the characters i always love meeting characters because each interaction is different and special and on this trip i decided to meet as many characters as possible at the top of my list of characters to meet is always my favorite princess cinderella which arguably is one of the best ones if not the best Ah.
0: It's her castle, so uh, yeah. you have to have I, to meet her.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I,
0: I, I agree
1: with that, too. But she's awesome. Uh, I had a great time meeting Cinderella, and then I moved on to meet Elena. I was 25 at the time, traveling alone, and I had no idea who Elena was. <laughs> I thought that I would just have a quick conversation with her and move on. But, oh boy, I was wrong. Despite the fact that it was obvious I had no idea who she was, Elena spent her time talking with me, humoring my questions, and even showing me the perfect way to do a princess twirl.
0: Oh, wow.
1: That's nice. (laughs) Elena spent so much time talking with me that we held up the line behind me with a few families waiting for us to stop talking. I, we've all been
0: there. Oh yes, yes. My daughter with a granddaughter with Pumpkin Jack. He spent twenty minutes with yeah. her at Disneyland oh, once at the Halloween party. Yeah, we've we've all been there. <laughs> Never feel yes. bad for it ever. No. <laughs> uh,
1: even the character attendant was trying to get us to wrap it up, but we kept talking. Since I was traveling alone, she gave me a few minutes that felt like I was chatting, laughing, and goofing around with a best friend best friend (laughs) it's a special moment that i still think about a lot of that trip was special to me but it was memories like that one that i shared with elena that got me through the dragging months of the pandemic i still cannot believe how fortunate i was to have that one last trip before the country shut down and make those memories that will last a lifetime i'm excited to see what the next 50 years of memories have to bring and i can't wait to hear the other memories that people have from disney world and I, I, I love that story. And mm-hmm. I just, that is someone that I also envy <laughs> being able to interact with a character that you have no idea who they are. I, I can't interact with the characters that I know who they are. I'm not good at that. So to have a conversation with one that you have no idea, but just embrace it. Like, I, I love that.
0: Mm-hmm. I do too. And I think character interaction is so important. It's such an important part of a Disney park experience. And I'm, I'm hoping they're going to bring it back. I know they sort of slowly are, but I'm hoping they're going to bring it back more because like, you know, like in this, this story you shared with us, Natalie, I mean, this is a highlight talking with this character. And I think of so many times that my family interacted with characters and it was the highlight my granddaughter pumpkin jack uh, you know oh my gosh i thought they were going to call security on us but he was so fascinated with her and this was at the halloween party where you only have a few hours to chat with them but she chatted up with everybody and she's you know we know the evil queen and um and, and, and Maleficent personally at Disneyland. And so when they see us, they always take time out to make our, our time special. And these characters just such an amazing job. When I'm at a park sometimes, I'll take a rest on a bench where I can watch families interact with characters because I just think that is such a fun experience especially children seeing the characters for the first time. And um, yeah. it's just wonderful to see their expressions.
1: Yeah, that's and that is one of the things that's just slightly better about Disneyland. But, you know, I, I hope that I hope that it's all reassessed once uh, we're back mm-hmm. to meeting characters in Walt Disney World a little bit more uh, normally rather than just yelling at them from the train station, which that's <laughs> yeah. fun,
0: but uh, not, not quite the same. Yeah, yeah. I was excited to see the country bears when I was last out there. You know, they were they spent a lot of time above the playhouse, and but um, it would be nice to have them walking around again. Yeah. But anyway, but okay. This next one is from Jay in um, Raymond, um, Missouri, Mississippi. I think Mississippi. Thank you. <laughs> Good. Correct. I, I I'm just guessing. one of those. Okay. <laughs> it's one of those. No, I'm sure you're right. So anyway, I had a few trips to Walt Disney World that included several great memories, especially experiencing River Country. That is one thing I always regret. We never got to do River Country. However, my favorite Disney memories are of cast member interactions with my children. The first came on the first trip that we took my oldest daughter a few months before she turned three. It was the end of the day at the Magic Kingdom and we went back to Toontown for a last visit to Mickey's house, which was my daughter's favorite attraction. We did not realize that the area closed early before fireworks, and when we arrived, Mickey's house was closed up. A wonderful cast member saw us with my disappointed daughter and came over to talk to us. She knelt down and explained to my daughter that Mickey had to leave his house because he was going to shoot fireworks for her. Well, that's wonderful. Then she walked over to a bench with us in an otherwise deserted toontown and watched as, in my daughter's eyes, Mickey shot fireworks just for her. What could have been a disappointment was turned into a fabulous memory. That is wonderful that's wow. going above and beyond for sure what a what a way to turn it around yeah, i i'm i'm so. pretty much speechless
1: on it like that is it, i i wish we knew that cast member's <laughs> name too because that's really? hopefully someone that you can still interact with today uh, going to the parks that's just that what a special story
0: really a second favorite came with my youngest daughter when she was 3 She wanted a Disney ring, and of course, none of the rings in the shop were small enough for her. She, on her own, went to a cast member in a shop at Hollywood Studios and asked him why they didn't have rings small enough for her. We didn't even hear her ask him. In a few minutes, this cast member came from the back of the shop, got down on his knees, and fit an adjustable ring on my three-year-old daughter's finger. Now, that is amazing <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he found the ring. Cast members and the magical moments they create are what bring us back again and again. That, just how wonderful the, you know, with everything going on in the park with all the wonderful attractions and everything that it's cast members, a couple of cast members that made the whole trip magical for your daughters. Yeah. that's terrific. It, you never
1: know where the magic's gonna come from, but mm-hmm. uh, i i there is something special when it's from the cast members. It's just it's that extra. It is that extra level of personality, which exactly what Jay said, why you why you keep coming back again and again. Mm-hmm. You get those moments. It's special.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And our next one that we have is a fun one. It comes from it comes from our Diz contributor, friend of the Diz, uh John yeah. aka Big Fat Panda. Oh, um, I love his work. Yeah, I, I do, too. He is an amazing person. And if this by any chances there's another John who also goes by Big Fat Panda, then I apologize for confusing you with uh, the one that I'm like – uh 100% positive that this is but especially uh considering the story I can I can hear his enthusiasm as uh, as as he wrote it which I wish I wish he would have recorded it. He did offer to record it but I forgot to respond back and tell him yeah. Yeah, record something <laughs> uh for us here but uh he said not sure if you still need interesting stories, but mine was meeting Roy E. Disney at the 25th anniversary. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, he was doing an interview, and everyone wanted autographs. I yelled over the people and said, I just want to shake your hand, which that is something that he would absolutely do. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. A handler told us he had no time to meet with us and could not do autographs, but Roy still heard him. After the interview, he got up, pushed everyone aside, took me to the side, shook my hand, and we had some nice words. And it was incredible for this young Disney fan. And I that that is incredible. To it, I mean, twenty fifth anniversary. I'm assuming he means of Walt Disney World in this. So, twenty five years ago, a uh, big fat panda was not doing <laughs> what he does now. So he was just another person. To mm-hmm. to know that. That Roy E. Disney went out of his way just to to make his day a little bit better. That's that that says something about his. Character. Says
0: a lot. Of, yeah, it does. Says a lot about Roy E. Disney. Yeah. Wow, and says a lot about too. How, we've, how interesting we have two now. Where chill people when they were young, were really outgoing. They knew what they wanted. John wanted to shake, shake roy's hand and that little three-year-old wanted an adjustable she wanted a ring and she goes up to the cast member i would not have had the wherewithal to do either of these things i mean i was young
1: 34 years old and i was afraid to go say hi to pete doctor so uh, i get it I, i i am not i am not that person i am not outgoing at all
0: so cheers to anyone out there who is yeah really i agree Okay, our next one is from Jessica. She has a couple of stories for us. One is from September 2014. This is a family trip to Walt Disney World with me, my brother, our parents, our dad's brother and his wife, and our grandparents. In Disney's Animal Kingdom, we watched the Harambee Drummers, oh, I like them. They're a favorite of ours, and we typically see a show on every visit. My grandma loved it. She sat in her wheelchair and moved along to the music. After the performance, they talked to us. One stood next to my grandma and said, I love this woman. She passed away in June 2018. We visited Disney's Animal Kingdom in August 2018. My grandpa was with us this time. As usual we watched the harambee drummers after the performance one performer came up to us and said you're missing someone 4 years later they remembered that is remarkable yeah i i'm not going to lie when i read that i i teared up a little bit me That's, too um,
1: like i i have trouble remembering Things that happened last week, people I met a month ago, two months ago uh, and these performers, they they get to experience so many people. So uh, that's it's just incredible.
0: Well, I think it also shows what kind of a woman Jessica's grandma must have been. She must have been dynamic. Yes. And outgoing that she left such an impact on these performers, that they remembered her four years later. Yeah, so just, I, I wish I could have met her grandmother. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> no, it just, it's just so wonderful. So, mm-hmm. so, what a nice story.
0: Yeah, beautiful story, really. Now, the second story from Jessica is from December 2018. My family and I went to Walt Disney World for a few days in December for our first DVC stay, Disney Vacation Club. We stayed, we attended Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. I found out Prince Naveen was part of the Princess Tiana meet and greet with a 40 minute wait. I joined the queue and shortly, Another woman in her 30s was in line behind me. We talked about how much we loved Princess Tiana. I agree with you. She's my favorite modern princess. And how cute Prince Naveen is. And how great it was to see people of color in Disney movies and in the parks. After a very fun meet with the prince and princess in which I asked Prince Naveen if he still knew how to mince. (laughs) I hugged Princess Tiana goodbye and whispered in her ear. I waited way too long for a princess that looks like me. She broke character and whispered back, girl, I know. I don't know. I think that's still in character for Tiana. I agree. I think so. Yeah. It was only a moment. But we bonded. I think that's terrific.
1: it is, and it's something that you know, obviously with Disney in the past year adding their fifth key, it is something that you know it's very, very important, and this is the mm-hmm. perfect story that highlights why why Disney is going all in on inclusion it's mm-hmm. it's it's a very special story, and i I'm so glad that it was shared with us.
0: Yes. And I love Princess and the Frog and, uh, and Tiana, <clears throat> excuse me, and Tiana. And, um, yeah, it's great. It's funny when, um, we were doing, uh, over at Disney California Adventure where they have in that. Animation building where you can, you could meet several princesses. And we took my granddaughter in there because she wanted to meet all the princesses and Tiana was one of them. And I was standing off, you know, to the side taking photos and she goes up to Tiana and they hug and all that. And she says, you're my grandfather's favorite princess. <laughs> 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 and Tiana just looks at me and waves. <laughs> oh, so it was cute. How sweet. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, great stories. Thank you so much, yes. Jessica. Absolutely.
1: And our next one comes from Anne Marie, and Anne Marie says, "When I was eleven, my mom, dad, grandma, twin sister, and I visited Walt Disney World for Thanksgiving." When we were there, my sister and I were very excited about getting character autographs, and one day we stopped to see one of my all-time favorite characters, Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. My mom had Mm -hmm. bought me a new Stitch shirt for this trip, and I happened to be wearing it the same day we went to meet him. When it was our turn, the character attendant motioned for our entire party, all five of us, to move forward. Stitch was walking towards us, and then suddenly stopped in his tracks, pointed at my shirt put his hands up to his mouth in surprise, twirled excitedly in a circle and ran over and hugged me all because I was wearing a shirt with him on it.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: Yep. It's I, I love, I love when, when the characters recognize that and just like go that extra over the topness with it. It's always, always very nice. Uh, we went on to take our pictures together and sign autographs and continued on with the rest of our vacation. This moment has stuck out to me for years because the small act of being excited to meet me while wearing my Stitch shirt was such a magical Disney moment for me and my family. Even so, a few weeks ago, I was visiting my grandma, who's now 90, and she brought up this experience by asking me if
0: I still like that little blue alien guy. (laughs) Well, so this left a big impact on, on your grandmother, Clearly. Anne-Marie. She remembers this, too. I love all the grandma <laughs> stories. It's making yeah. me really happy tonight. <laughs> uh, she
1: vividly described this encounter and said it was such a cool moment for me because she remembered how excited I was and that I couldn't stop talking about it. It's so special that I will always have that memory and that I shared it with her. Now at 27, every time I'm at Walt Disney World, I try to meet Stitch. Wearing my new stitch shirts, of course. Every time I do, I'm taken back to that moment where I'm that 11-year-old kid again. I think that's what Disney magic truly is. Transporting us back to our fond childhood memories with friends and family. Just wanted to shout out the cast members who made this memory happen. Thank you so much for spreading joy and giving me such a magical memory. Thank you so much for doing this fun activity and allowing me to relive this memory with everyone. And what a great like, story yeah uh, i'm i'm so glad that you know we are just also continuing the trend of cast members making the difference because mm-hmm. that is uh, that cannot be said enough in these times and uh from from every type of cast members from those working in gift shops to those just standing in areas to to even the characters because they're mm-hmm. all part of the cast too they Absolutely. all have the impact to make such a big difference
0: yeah. Yeah. And it made such a big impact on her when she was a little girl that now as an adult, she's still going back and reliving that experience. That's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely yeah. is. Okay. This one is from Beverly and the Martin family. Um, Beverly says, I didn't get to go to Walt Disney World until I was 42 years old. My daughter had cancer in 2000 and we saved hard to take us all six of us to Disneyland Paris in 2002 as we deserved a treat and wow what a beautiful park to go to mm-hmm. so. we loved Disneyland Paris so much it inspired us to try Walt Disney World in 2003 and then we were hooked. 41 visits to Disneyland Paris. Wow. Uh, you must live close by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and we've managed four visits to Walt Disney World, and we became DVC owners doing our last visit in 2019. Great timing, eh? Oh, yeah. I guess you haven't stayed there too much since then. We sadly lost our daughter in 2017 after a long struggle. Disney has helped us through everything. It's our escape and special place. We were due to visit last year, but didn't quite make it. Very much hoping to get our first Riviera stay next year. Hopefully there will still be plenty of 50 celebrations still happening. Oh, there will be. Yes, there will be. So, so sorry to hear about the passing of your daughter, but how wonderful that you have so many memories. Um, with her at, at, at the Disney parks yeah. that will sustain you. Because again, you know, I have so many happy memories of going with my mother, whom I lost when I was young. And then, uh, and then Carol passed away more than two and a half years ago. And, um, those just, those memories just make me happy, especially when I return to the parks, you know, and I remember, remember my loved ones and and our experiences there it's just so wonderful that you can um it's like they're there with you again their spirits are still alive there mm -hmm, absolutely and so i i hope when you do go back and you go to the riviera that you um do do have the spirit of your daughter with you there and you you feel her there because i um i know she'll be there with you Absolutely. So our next story
1: comes from E. Grace Alford. And E. Grace Alford says, One of my favorite memories of Disney World is of my sister and I. Growing up, our dream was to be like other kids and have a vacation at Disney. Our parents told us that we would go every year, but they never meant it. <laughs> <All> That's sad. <laughs> feel terrible for them.
0: I know. I'm hoping it was just because maybe they just couldn't afford it or something that they weren't mean.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Once we grew up, Disney became sort of a sad joke between us. Another loss to add to our childhood. Oh, my gosh. Uh, My second trip, my sister came with me. I was 22 and she was 26. And this was 2018. We could only afford to go to two parks at the time. And our second day was spent in Magic Kingdom. We stayed all night and rode almost everything, a big thing for us because we are both terrified of thrill rides. The night ended at midnight just after riding mine train. As we rode on the bus back to our resort, my sister told me all she could remember from the day and I was born. Sorry, she told me all she could remember from the day I was born. (laughs) Uh, from the day I was born. I don't think mm-hmm. they know that much about my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was only four years old, but remembered a lot. I was falling asleep. You know how those buses can rock. And listening to my sister tell her version of my coming into this world at Disney. And it was our childhood being fulfilled. And while she was telling me of my birth, because that's kind of a weird thing. And... Why was she telling me of my birth? Because that's kind of a weird thing. I'm, I'm asking you the same question. Uh, but once the clock struck midnight, I turned 22, which I, that's spending a birthday at Walt Disney World or any of the Disney parks is, is extra special. But mm-hmm. considering that it, it was that childhood fulfillment for them, I think that's just, that's, that's even better. And I really, I hope that, you know, they're able to consistently go back to Walt Disney world in the future and, and make those memories that they didn't necessarily have growing up as a childhood, but Mm -hmm. hopefully, hopefully make them now that they're older and be able to take their families or friends or loved ones, whoever, whoever they want to, and just keep creating more new memories.
0: And what I think must've happened here was that you, you, the bond that being at the park together created just, just brought up this love that your sister just wanted to reminisce and tell you everything she remembered. And I think that's something that the, the Disney experience does for, for us. It, it, it brings us together and, and it, it can bring up feelings of joy and happiness and love that maybe Under other circumstances, we might not have the opportunity to share. But here, your sister, this brought up the opportunity for her. And and what a special thing that was. It was on a Disney bus, but it was still special. It, it, It And it is a kind of Disney magic, you know, when that happens. I agree. So this is from Brandy. (laughs) She has, I have so many stories, but the one that stands out the most was our first trip in 2010. Me, my husband and our two kids, six and two years old. We had no idea what we were doing. We just enjoyed ourselves. Those are the days when you could go to Walt Disney World (laughs) and just do that. The first Magic Kingdom night, we stood on the bridge heading into Tomorrowland to watch fireworks. My husband put our six-year-old son on his shoulders, and I held our two-year-old daughter. As the fireworks were going off, my son said, I will never forget this. He is 17 now, graduating, and he still talks about that night. I'm assuming your husband doesn't put him on his shoulders anymore, though. Hopefully not. (laughs) We have three kids now and go almost every year. Each trip is better than the last, but that first trip is most special. And how cool that after all these years, your son, he's a young man. He still remembers that time being a six-year-old. And how, you know, just how magical that was for him, that he still remembers it. And someday he's probably going to put his own son on his lap, on on his shoulder, hopefully not blocking the people behind him, and maybe standing in the same spot and and sharing that experience and saying, my, you know, your grandfather, he held me on his shoulders when I was your age and we watched the fireworks from here that's what's so cool too about about disney and going to the parks yeah Uh, it's uh i in terms
1: of like discussion of how young is too young to be going to disney and you know what's the right age to to match in you know i obviously we heard the great stories about uh the the three-year-olds and what an <laughs> impact that can make but i i truly am like i'm in that mindset of that that five six seven year old time period right in there i think i think that's the sweet spot it's that's yeah that's the magical age i mean granted that's everything what is I so real time so that's why i i stick to it but it i i think that is like it's just a really a really good age it's yeah. you are you are still wrapped up in in the magic of the parks and they seem just bigger bigger than anything else but you still your memory's starting to work a little bit better than when everything mm-hmm. was just kind of blurry mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah i went to disneyland my first time when i was one and and i have no memory of it
1: <laughs> so, yeah and there then you know. there's people like my <laughs> sister who swears that she can remember everything from the time that she was six months old I'm not buying I, it, but... I've heard
0: people that that's possible,
1: that yeah. they, they say they do. I, I'm, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying mm. it one bit. And she doesn't listen to this, so I know I'm safe. So, <laughs> uh, it's all good. <laughs> our next story comes from Liz. And Liz said, My husband and I had a magical honeymoon in Disney back in 2007. When we were riding Splash Mountain, there were two teenagers in front of us. The teen boy's hat went flying off his head as we went down the big drop, and somehow I managed to catch it. He yelled, my hat, and I yelled, I caught it. (laughs) We laughed so hard, and we always tell that story to our girls, and we visited Disney again last March. My husband and oldest daughter rode Splash Mountain, and he didn't take off his hat. <laughs> it flew off, and he never got it back. <laughs> and my, da- my daughter said, didn't you learn anything from your honeymoon? I said, well, I wasn't re- riding behind you to catch it. And I, that's I, hilarious. That's, that is just the irony of that story is too perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Oh, wouldn't that be terrific if if the photo flashed as she was catching that hat? Uh, that yeah, that I, oh, that would have been the one that you buy. <laughs> that's yeah, a, that's yeah, it's definitely absolutely. a purchase picture. <laughs> yeah, but that is funny. Yeah. So didn't she learn anything from your honeymoon? <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so great. <laughs> so clearly, this was a story that had been shared enough times that the children knew this story. That's funny. It's a great story. I understand why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, Okay, this next um, memory is from Heidi. The day we left Walt Disney World, I filled out a lost and found card saying that Jaden had lost his little die cast test track car. It was about $6. We figured he left it on the rug while playing with the blocks earlier in the day while we were checking in the luggage. We didn't think anything would come of it. A few days later, we got a large box delivered from FedEx. It was from Pop Century where we stayed. It said they learned that Jaden and Acacia were test track fans and that Jaden had lost his car. They hadn't found his car yet, but they sent this playset in appreciation of us staying there. We were so surprised. They could have just sent the $6 car, but they sent the $20 playset instead. Just another reason why we love Disney. Another example of cast members Mm -hmm. going above and beyond you know, oh, so, and, and you would love this one, this test track. So that, I, this was your attraction. I, it was, and I have that playset, and I
1: also have the smaller diecast car as well too in my collection. Did you did you
0: find that at Pop Century? I, I did not find
1: it at Pop Century. <laughs> I did purchase those uh, myself when when Test Track was announced for being remodeled and changing the theme. I was like, oh, I got to buy all the Test Track stuff now because that. It's not going to even if it's the same test track by name. It's not going to be my test track with the the crash test dummy look to it. So <laughs> I, I had to invest in in all of the stuff with it. So I have that all, but it's honestly that's that's the greatest things with with Disney and Lost and Found, and uh, not just even Lost and Found, but like it. This one reminded me of when I was. 1213 and i got a puzzle from one of our trips and of course it was missing one piece and like i i remember writing an email saying like i just i can tell you exactly where the piece is if someone could help me get one and no response back but then it was you know had the address included to say can you send me this one puzzle piece but then it was like a month later the puzzle showed up at our house the the full the full brand new set so i had i had duplicate copies of it something that was you know the only way to really resolve the situation but uh it it just it was still it was completely unexpected i thought i was just gonna always go and have that puzzle piece just constantly missing but they Hmm. they went above and beyond with trying to make sure that i i had that full set
0: yeah that's great it's very nice yes yes
1: it is and moving on to our next story this is a long one so i apologize if i screw up at periods through this uh specifically to megan who is the one who wrote in with this story and says my favorite disney world memory is actually an evening of magical moments while the story may be long-winded i hope you find it worth the read sit back and pretend you're on big thunder mountain railroad because this (laughs) here is a night of one wild ride. I I like, I like that. You know, it's, there was a little bit of extra uh, craftsmanship put into this one. So uh, (laughs) congratulations, Megan. Uh, We decided to go to Disney during the fall. One of my family's favorite times to go in that year, 2012, we all wanted to go to Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. All week, we secretly hoped for a sneak peek of New Fantasyland slated to open that December. Utilizing our park hopper, we would haul ourselves to Magic Kingdom every morning to check and see if it was opened. It never was. The night before our last day was the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. We had given up on seeing a preview of New Fantasyland and was just having a great time being dressed up and enjoying the candy, atmosphere, and short wait for all the rides. We were in Tomorrowland, and my husband and I kept getting stopped by multiple people for our costumes. We had decided to dress as Mary Poppins and Bert. My husband stole the show. He really looked great with his chimney-smoked face and wonderful, wonderfully awful <laughs> awful British accent. He oh, Just Greek like Dick member. Van Dyke. I know. It was, it, it, this is
0: pretty bad, too. Yeah, <laughs> it, it had to be awful. It just had to be. <laughs>
1: one of the lovely cast members stopped us and actually recognized us from earlier that week we got to talking and she said you guys are so great in a half an hour go to the front of new Fantasyland. don't tell anyone we of course told her we had a family with us and she said we could bring them there were four of us at the time we couldn't believe our luck they had a sneak peek, and we were literally that night the first of the public to
0: walk through New Fantasyland. Wow, that's that's cool. It that is. Cool. I didn't cool. realize it was that long ago when I, it opened. It's been. yeah. I'd forgotten. It's wow. December
1: twenty twelve. That was my mm-hmm. first press event with the Diz, was hmm. New Fantasyland.
3: Oh wow! Yeah, huh.
1: uh, we walked through in awe and rode under the sea journey of the Little Mermaid. We then experienced Enchanted Tales with Belle. My husband and my dad both played the guards. Of course they did. <laughs> they did a great job. We walked around enjoying the sights and decided to go into Gaston's pub. We walked in and they gave us a free cinnamon roll, excellent, and LeFou's brew, even better. I, I like LeFou's <laughs> brew. Yeah. It's, it's, base, it's apple juice, but it's still tasty. Yeah, I like it. No. Mm-hmm. We couldn't believe all our luck. It was amazing. We did notice that everyone inside was in costume. I don't know if this is true, but it seemed like they let cast members pick and choose park guests who were in costume to get a sneak peek. We ended up making conversation with a family from California who were all dressed as pirates. We loved chatting with them and decided we would all find a place for the parade, and we wanted to make sure others had the chance to experience the new section of the park in case they only let in so many at a time. There were literally hardly anyone there. On the way out, it was roped off again, and no lines were formed, just cast members telling people who asked it wasn't open yet. As we sat down to enjoy the parade, still pinching ourselves and enjoying our new friends, but not pinching them, <laughs> a <laughs> cast member came by and gave us all popcorn and drinks. Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> I would have been thrilled with popcorn. <laughs> what, did, did someone think you were
1: famous? Like, <laughs> I, Come on. I was on cloud nine. I had never won anything in my life, and at that moment, thought all my luck must have been saved for that night. We had great seats for the parade. The headless horseman was amazing. Then came the villains. I went to grab my phone and take pictures, looked up, and there was Captain Hook and the Wicked Queen standing right in front of me, arms crossed, looking at me like scum of the earth. (laughs) I suppose the child in me froze. For a split second, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. People... (laughs) Around, were laughing and hollering one of our new pirate friends came stammering over acting as Captain Jack Sparrow and looked at Captain Hook and said listen mate she's got the rum savvy <laughs> that's, that's great, great. It is. it's right in the character
0: mm-hmm.
1: Captain Hook looked at me and tipped his hat got down on one knee and kissed my hand oh my gosh <laughs> I died with laughter the Queen stepped forward and whispered, "Your hat is the fairest in the land, but only for tonight." <laughs> <laughs> I had made and decorated the iconic black with flowers Mary Poppin's hat. To this day, I sometimes wondered if I dreamed all of this. If my family hadn't been around, I'm not sure if anyone would have believed me. We went back to the hotel that night feeling as if we all left a trail of pixie dust wherever we walked. The next day, we decided to pay it forward and bought a number of Disney gift cards, snacks, and pins and handed them out to families we saw enjoying themselves.
0: Oh my gosh, that, how
1: kind. Wow. I, I, no words. No words to even describe how kind that is. That is just, that is next level. Um, wow. We realize the unexpected magic is what you remember. Barbara, a wonderful cast member who used to work in Magic Kingdom, picked our family the next morning to ride in the old-time fire engine and wake up Main Street.
0: My goodness, it just keeps getting better and better here. (laughs) I don't think it's coming in this,
1: because I've read this story already a couple times, but it should have ended with you went to play the lottery, because... uh, (laughs) I know, I'm just thinking. Yeah, that's that's the type of luck that you had. Uh, They sang, and they just had a blast. Again, what crazy luck we were having. We have been to Walt Disney World many times since then, but that remains our favorite trip. And I understand why.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Years later, we found out that our new neighbors had been at Magic Kingdom for the party the same night as us. They never knew there was a sneak peek of New Fantasyland. They clearly weren't dressed to the nines nope. the way uh, you were here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. During this crazy time of COVID, watching the Disney parks close, family and friends getting sick, stress and anxiety, and everything else life can bring, I have held on to the memories that we have made that night. The unexpected kindness, the magical moments, and the pure delight of dressing up and being a child again have gotten me through many things. I think that's what sets Disney apart. I'm not sure who read this long email, but thank you for letting me relive that night. If it's Michael or Craig, thank you for continuing connecting with Walt. It has meant so much to me. I hope you are both staying healthy and
0: well. Thank you so much. And and we hope you are as well, Megan. What a story. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's I, amazing.
1: It's definitely, definitely one of the most unique stories I've heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. just, again, why did you not go play the lottery <laughs>
0: instantly? That is some kind of luck. Yeah, absolutely. So. Okay, I think this is our final memory, and this is from Craig, not you, Craig. Yes, and from it's our an- final another Craig,
1: uh, <laughs> different Craig. It's our final written memory because we still have we still have a couple to listen to after because we. Oh, I didn't realize that. Audio. Okay. Uh, an- oh, that's great. Audio ones as well. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's excellent. Okay. Well, my father passed away suddenly in 1973 when I was seven years old. It goes without saying it was a tumultuous year for me, my mother, and my two younger siblings. Six months later, my mother was determined to do something to make the world more, more normal for her three young kids, so she decided to take us all on a plane and fly to Disney World from Canada. The world was a different place back then, and there were many barriers for a single parent to be able to do this. For example, she had to leave the three kids with a stranger at the terminal to go on a bus. No kids allowed to pick up the rental car at the car rental building. That is crazy that they don't allow children to go with their parents to get the rental car. That's nuts. But she persisted and made it happen. I so clearly remember the moment we all walked on the main street for the first time with our ticket booklets in hand. We all broke down crying and hugging, realizing for the first time in a while that life was going to be okay. Now almost 50 years and many trips with my own family later, I still pause for a moment. Every time I walk onto Main Street to remember that first time and remember that thanks to my awesome mother, life is okay. And... I think that's a nice way to sum up the written memories. I agree. It's beautiful. Yeah, life, life is going to be okay.
3: Hi, I'm John DeYoung from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and my most memorable Disney experience was in 2012, but it had roots in 2001. My wife and I took our three children to Disney a total of four times in the 80s, but since those trips included other Florida attractions, we stayed off property. In 2001, we went with our oldest daughter and her then fiance to check out a possible all inclusive Disney honeymoon. We stayed at Old Key West, and as everyone who has stayed both on and off property knows, the difference is significant, especially in your state of mind. On one morning during that 2001 trip, we were waiting at the Turtle Pond bus stop, and the thought crossed my mind that it would be great to someday bring my whole family here. In 2001, Only one of our children was married and we had no grandchildren yet. Just over 11 years later, in June of 2012, that trip became a reality. There were 15 of us in total, and believe it or not, the two two two-bedroom condos that we stayed in were right across the street from the Turtle Pond bus stop.
2: Hi Michael and Craig, this is Christopher in New York City. Better late than never, I have my own Walt Disney World memory to share with you guys that actually I was reminded of hearing you talk during the first Disney memory show that you did this week. So my whole life, when I was growing up, my family of four, my parents, my sister, and I would go to Walt Disney World every spring break uh, together. But when I was really young, my mom and sister went, just the two of them. They had a girls' trip. They got to go to a preview day at what was... before Animal Kingdom opened. And they also had dinner at Chefs de France in the France Pavilion at Epcot. And it was there that they first met a server, Lidio, who really took to my sister, who was probably six years old. And they even took a picture where he picked her up and she was smiling and he was holding her. And so then every year afterwards... Whenever we would go to Walt Disney World, we would finish our trip. Our last day would always be at Epcot, and we would always have dinner at Chefs de France. And we would always request, if Lidio was working, to uh, be sat in his section. And so we have many years, we have these photos of him holding my sister in the same pose year after year and, and putting them all together. You can see her growing up, and he still manages to hold her the whole time. Um and he always recognized us, and he knew us, even though we would only see him once a year. Uh, he knew about our family. We knew about his family, his wife, and his children. Um, and then we stopped going as regularly, but then in 2019, my mom and I went, and we didn't eat at Chefs de France, but we said, let's just see if he's working. And he was, and we called him over, um, and he instantly recognized us, and it was like no time had passed at all. Um, and he asked about how my sister was doing and we asked about his family. So it's that kind of connection to cast members to the parks. Um, even though the park seems so big and, and there are millions of people that visit, it's still these personal connections that make it a place that's so special for all of us. So I just thought I would share that. Thank you guys for the great shows. Looking forward to many, many more. Um, for the next 50 years of Walt Disney World. Bye.
0: Well, thank you so much, everybody, for taking part in our... 200th episode by sharing your memories of Walt Disney World as we celebrate the, the 50th anniversary. And we'll be doing more things throughout this year to celebrate the 50th anniversary with, um, you know, talking a little more about the history, some of the attractions, the, the people that created the park. Uh, you know, we still have our Epcot series, you yeah. know, that we're working on. So there'll be a lot more time to celebrate. Exactly. Um, connecting and- with Walt.
1: And I also hope that this is just, uh, I mean, technically we did have a couple of recorded ones played before, but I hope this is just the first time uh, that we get to involve you more in these episodes and share stories and memories and in the magic. So I hope that everyone enjoyed hearing these stories. And, you know, next time around, we, we get even more people who want to share. Uh, we got, we got a great response from mm-hmm. this one, but uh, I can't. I hope I hope it
0: inspires everyone to share even more in the future. Mm-hmm. So do I, definitely. Um I thought of a couple more memories that uh, as as we read through all of these. I thought uh, when my son turned 18, he his 18 his birthday's October 1st. So um so I don't think I knew that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we Carol had another conference I talked before about how we we went to Walt Disney World with our family sort of based on Carol's conferences that she went to that were at Walt Disney World. And so we, um, so we thought, okay, we, we'll take him out of school for a few days. And, you know, he had to do some homework and all of that. But we thought it'd be fun to celebrate his 18th birthday at Walt Disney World. So we were staying at Coronado Springs. And we had put in our reservations that it was his 18th birthday and all that. And so on the day of his birthday, when we came back to our room, the the housekeeper had left in the window uh, uh, one of those miniature plush vultures from Splash Mountain in our room for our son. We thought that was just hilarious. (laughs) And, um, and And then I made him, of course, wear a birthday button on his birthday. And we went to Epcot. On October 1st. Because I, I think Epcot was actually having a milestone birthday. It was it was just one of those years. It was a big one. Because they were giving out buttons at mm-hmm. Epcot. Unlike Walt Disney World for their 50th anniversary. And, and it was so funny because this was the first time that... My son was sort of shy. He didn't like date a whole lot and all that. And he was a handsome fellow. He was... um it's like six two and blonde and all that, and so we went to the France Pavilion to watch the film, and that was his first experience with people trying to pick up on him because a couple of the cast members there tried to pick up on him and <laughs> invite him invite him to a party after you know after they were off. Oh, and, that's hilarious! Uh, it is hilarious, and and uh, he handled it very well, very smoothly. And casually and, um, and got out of it. But it was sort of funny just to, to watch him, um, you know, ha- handle it with grace and, and courtesy and all that. I don't know if I would have <laughs> been able to say no back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a little easier. It was a little easier for him. I won't, I won't get into the reasons <laughs> why, but, um, it was. But, Another time um, we went, this was when, I think it was right before our Panama Canal cruise. And the Sea with Nemo and Friends had opened. And they made a big deal at the queue of how it took you from above the sea and gradually you went under the sea, you know, underwater. And so I'm walking through it and I'm thinking, yeah, they're doing a really nice job of bringing, you know, you're under the pier, under the boat. Then I'm looking at the floor and I'm thinking, is there water on the floor? I thought, they have really gone to extremes to make you feel like you're, you're underwater. Well, then we saw customers running out with towels and big mops and letting us know that we need to evacuate the pavilion because the big aquarium tank had sprung a leak. And that water was from the tank. It was not a special effect. And so they walked us out and uh, we had to go on um to see with Nemo and friends a little later on. And uh, so that was that was a a bit exciting. So uh so I guess they plugged the leak. I don't know how they do it, but they have a way. Yeah, I mean it's I uh, we <laughs> I'm
1: sure it's happened many times throughout the years uh but even even in this age of social media all the time, I don't I don't think I've seen that one at least from my memory.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was funny, but they got us out of there fast. So. Did you have any more memories, Craig? Before I, we move I on,
1: don't know. I, okay. I I've been trying to think of some, but I feel like I was a chatterbox in our first episode <laughs> with it, and I mean, I I made a whole bunch more new memories during our fiftieth anniversary celebration. But then we we talked about that last week in our episode yeah. that was not intended to be about the fiftieth anniversary, <laughs> but. Uh, just it our outro we just got to talking yeah, yeah we just we just <laughs> kept talking and then once we couldn't stop we're like uh i think we have an episode yeah. but um <laughs> i i did i will i will state again i had a great time watching kite tales with you it was mm-hmm. uh just it, it, it i think it made me appreciate the show a little bit more
0: oh good yeah i like that show so i, I enjoyed watching it with you and sort of walking around looking at the um the remnants of that. What was that ride that they took down or taking down? Looking at the, you know, over oh, in uh, Dino Primeval Land. World. Yeah, Primeval I I World. Not think about yeah. it. Yeah. No,
1: it's, it's so, uh, yeah. Those are uh, that was a that was a fun day, and mm-hmm. you know, one of the other thing too. It's not, I mean, it's more the personal thing with us, but uh, it, it's something that Kylie and I still talk about all the time. Was we uh, we had one of the most special dinners that we've had on Walt Disney world property with, with you and Carol up in California grill. And yes, that uh, we, we dined like Kings that night. I believe we both (laughs) got the, uh, we got the cowboy ribeye and just ate so much. And uh, we, that was the trip that you, uh, you guys had brought in the uh, special, the special bottle of, I believe, sparkling wine with you from when you stayed at the Polynesian and we cracked that open and just had such a wonderful meal and we still talk about that every couple of months and remember yeah. it so i just i felt like i i felt like i shouldn't i rarely ever bring that up to you but that was one of the the best meals we ever
0: had on proper that was that was a lot of fun we'll have to eat at um steakhouse 71 at some yes. point
3: Yes, yeah, that was will. a
0: great meal. Yeah, I think we were we were spending our anniversary there, and it and the Polly gave us that um, we got that bottle yeah. of wine. I think I had ordered an anniversary thing or something, yeah. package celebration, and that wine came with it. Yeah, so. that was a that was a good night. You
1: and I did share yeah. one meal at uh, at the Wave too. I remember. Yeah, we, we had a lunch way back when I think, or dinner, and. I think that was like the first time with that restaurant that I was like, "Huh, this is this is a lot better than I expected it to be." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I remember that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, now it's time for me and Craig to look back at this week in Disney history. Okay. Well, Craig, let's see if we have if any of these events we 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 have memories together in that in these two so okay we're starting with october 17th on october 7th 2007 the walt disney company announces future plans for the overhaul of what area
1: the overhaul of which area i mm-hmm. oh. think of area in very broad terms <laughs> Yeah, this sounds, um, I, I'm not sure. Disneyland
0: Sister Park, Disney's California Adventure. Well, that, yeah, that's a big area. (laughs) Yeah, over the next several years, (laughs) new theming, attractions, restaurants, and shops will be added. The plans also include a new 12-acre area called Cars Land. And I think we were there, you were there for a media event at the same time I was there. I think so.
1: Maybe. Anyway. Yeah.
0: I, yeah. I I think it's I It's think all getting so. blurry. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think so, because you got to go into a restricted area, and I was out in a non-restricted area and all that. So, anyway. Okay, October 18th an upcoming Walt Disney World musical version of a film received a short preview presentation on the stage of Broadway's Palace Theater in New York City on October 18th 2006 what is the name of this stage musical
3: um a
0: stage musical Mm mm-hmm
1: and it it was being, can you repeat the question? I'm sorry, sure. I don't think I really understood. It, this
0: this is confusing. An upcoming Walt Disney World musical version of a film received a short preview presentation on the stage of Broadway's Palace Theater in New York City on October 18th, 2006. What is the name of the stage musical? Uh, okay, I, I'm guessing it has to be Finding Nemo the musical. It is. It was the first major musical produced for the Walt Disney World Resort by Disney Creative Entertainment. Yeah. Seems like a long way to take all those puppets and
1: stuff to do a preview, (laughs) but whatever.
3: Yeah,
0: maybe they were seeing if um, they could, if it it was popular, they could make it into a big, full Broadway musical, like they did with Lion King, with all their puppets. If the Lopezes
1: were, you know, as big back then as they are now not that they weren't big back then but if they were on the same level that they are on now it probably would have been on broadway
0: (laughs) yeah yeah okay october 19th at epcot center the park's first thrill ride opened on october 19th 1989 what was the name of this attraction
1: well i mean you know epcot's not generally known for thrilling rides so (laughs) i'm guessing that we're gonna we're gonna say it's body wars
0: yep yeah, began sending guests through the human bloodstream at the brand new Wonders of Life Pavilion. This was a motion simulator ride f- featuring a film directed by Leonard Nimoy, best known to us Star Trek fans as Mr. Spock. Body Wars can carry 40 passengers in each of four twenty-six 26-ton simulators. The cast of Body Wars features Tim Matheson as Captain Braddock, Dakin Matthews as mission commander, and Elizabeth Hsu as Dr. Cynthia Lair, who is investigating white cell response time to a splinter penetration. I enjoyed this attraction. Like, like I've said before,
1: it's a, it was always a little bit weird, and it shook you around a lot. But it
0: did. People got motion sick on this. Yeah. October 20th, what Academy Award-winning composer, songwriter, Disney legend, and Disney music supervisor was born on October 20th, 1901? He joined the Walt Disney Studio in 1930, working on numerous shorts. In 1937, he was chosen to score Walt Disney's first full-length animated features, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, for which he received an Oscar nomination. His music can also be heard in Peter Pan, Dumbo, and Bambi. Some of his best-known songs include Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf, Whistle While You Work, and Someday My Prince Will Come.
1: You know, I'll probably recognize his name as soon as you say it, but I don't know it off the
0: top of my head. Frank Churchill. Yes, I do recognize that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he began his career playing piano in cinemas at the age of 15. After dropping out of a California medical school to pursue a career in music, he became accompanist at the Los Angeles radio station KNX AM in 1924, and he joined the Walt Disney Studio six years later. It's amazing how young when we when we read about these people, just how young they started out doing things. Yeah. yeah. In this era. October twenty first. Mary Brown Robinson was born in McAllister, Oklahoma on october twenty first, nineteen eleven. By what name do Disney fans know her? Um I'm just gonna take a guess on this and say Mary Blair. Absolutely. Graphic designer and illustrator Mary Blair, starting at the Walt Disney Studios in 1940. Her unique color stylings and design work inspired animated features such as Alice in Wonderland, Cinderella, and Peter Pan. She also helped design the attraction It's a Small World, painted mural art for Disneyland's Tomorrowland Promenade, and designed the 90-foot high ceramic tile mural for Walt Disney World's Contemporary Resort. Mary Blair was named and Disney legend in 1991 this reminds me of something i was watching on the plane that i downloaded from disney plus it was what's that behind the attraction series that mm-hmm. we both find annoying i watched the it's a small world one they talk about this the the mural at the contemporary and they say there's no explanation for why she put in the five-legged goat. There is an explanation from Mary Blair herself because she wanted to remind people that there is no, there is no perfection in the world. There is always an imperfection, and that's how she showed it by putting in the five-legged goat. So, I how <laughs> the people that made that didn't know that It just drove me nuts. Yeah, well, I mean, we we already
1: know that in terms of they did bad research, clearly, and then also, like, they stole the one guy's artwork and just replicated it. So there's there's a lot of problems with that production, clearly. Yeah. Anyway,
0: they should get me involved. (laughs) Okay. October 22nd, Dick Clark... One of the driving forces behind popular music in America, American Bandstand, was very popular, toured which Walt Disney World Resort on October 22nd, 2003, prior to its official opening? Hmm. I am. I am not sure which one it would have been. Disney's Pop Century Resort, which oh. will officially open to guests on December fourteenth at Walt Disney World, that makes and Dave, sense. yeah, yeah, Dave Vermeulen, I think that's how you say his name, the hotel's general manager, toured Dick Clark through the resort grounds on a golf cart built to resemble a fifty-seven Chevy. I wonder if they still have that golf cart. That's pretty clever. That is, yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, yeah. I, that that all makes sense now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, on October 23rd, Walt Disney's animated short, Rugged Bear, is released. The six-minute cartoon features the debut of which Disney character? What was the name of it again, sorry? Rugged Bear. Rugged Bear? Um,
1: Yeah, or Rugged Rugged
0: Bear. Rugged Bear might be the better pronunciation. I'm assuming it's Humphrey the Bear. It is Humphrey the Bear, one of my favorite characters voiced by James McDonald, and a co-star, Donald Duck, who's voiced by Clarence Nash. Okay. Well, it was a bit of a shaky week, but there are some tough questions in here. He didn't didn't take it easy on me. All right. Well, you know, last week, I think it was last week, I went on and on about those cast member costumes at World of Disney. Well, a listener in my Facebook posting on it uh, sent a... it was a link to an article, and so I can't verify the accuracy of the article, but it's it might have an explanation as to why the cast members are forced to wear such ghastly costumes. <laughs> and the, supposedly Walt Disney World is experiencing issues with their cast with costuming due to this the, the whole supply chain shortage that's affecting, you know, all kinds of industries and so that what's happening is they they're not able to get their costumes i don't know where they're getting their costumes from or the materials so they are forcing cast members to wear generic costumes in some areas and what it is it's a generic shirt and then like khaki pants or something like that so it may very well be that the costumes we're seeing at world of disney are not the intended costumes and that maybe the the cast members are wearing their own jeans which might explain why some of them are a little baggy on some cast members and some aren't and just these regular you know off the rack shirts kind of thing and that maybe something better is coming down the line for them so we'll have to wait and see i i don't I don't necessarily
1: think that is the case in this, but because I really remember them just looking disheveled for the longest time now. So
0: Yeah, and people are saying, some people posted, and I don't remember, it's been a while since I've been to Disneyland, that they're wearing the same thing at, at World of Disney at Disneyland. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's just someone decided the costumes for it, and
1: they just didn't have great taste. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, I know you watched it. I watched it. Muppets Speaking Haunted Mansion. Days. I know on Disney Plus. What did you think, Craig? Uh, okay, so I I feel like a lot of people are
1: praising it as I absolutely think it deserves to be praised uh you know people have said it is the best uh muppets creation in years and years and years i think jim hill even went so far as to state like he believed it was the best muppets creation in 15 years which that is oh wow that is a big a big statement and i will say i don't necessarily uh, agree that it was the absolute tip top best but i thought this thing was just uh so so well done uh my only real complaint is i I felt like it would have been a tighter 40 minute special than Mm -hmm. 50 it felt like there was a couple areas where they could have they could have trimmed it up a little bit but um you know i in terms of when it comes to comedy i feel like the uh the the quicker you are, the better you leave your standpoint on it. But uh, overall, I thought uh, I, I thought the entire story and premise of it was ridiculous but hilarious. I loved all the cameos, uh, including Will Arnett as the ghost host, who was just delightful in it. Uh, I loved that they they paid tribute to the ride in such a great way, including mm-hmm. the uh, not to spoil it, but there is there is at one point in time where they actually, they have a, a spiel um, a message that you sometimes hear while on Haunted Mansion. It yes. randomly pops up <laughs> and it, I, I was dying laughing at that. I'm like, because really anymore when you go on Haunted Mansion, it's a part of it anyways. So the fact that they included it was, was perfect. And from what I understand, uh, they, they did use the same, uh, the same, dome-ish style technology that they used to record the mandalorian and that's why it had mm-hmm. that kind of i i don't want to say off look to it but it felt very green screenish and not but not like not as bad as green screen but still had that subtle uh side to it so there there was a couple there, moments where i felt there were only weird. like three real sets yeah in the whole thing but, um so, it, yeah, and so it didn't bother me, but there was a couple moments where I was like, this does not look as good as I think it could, but uh, really entertaining. And apparently, I think I saw on Twitter that Kirk Thatcher, uh, the director with it, mm-hmm. he apparently has ideas for a couple more attractions, not necessarily holiday related, <laughs> but other attractions they could do. So, you know, it's While it is a slow, in in, in, at least in Michael's opinion, a somewhat rocky start for the Muppets in their new relationship with Walt Disney Imagineering, I feel like it's going in a good direction.
0: I agree with you. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then I went to a presentation at the Walt Disney Family Museum that was um, hosted by Dave Goltz and Bill Beretta, who, of course, Dave is gonzo. And Bill is uh, Pepe the King Prawn. Mm-hmm. And I will share this on our Halloween episode. Uh, I, I have a Halloween episode in mind, and I'm going to include this in it. And, oh my gosh, they were so funny. But they talked a lot about um, the making of this special. And I happened in the audience... Um, I was in the front row and I sat next to, as it turned out, one of the creators of this and we got to talking and he, and I mentioned that I felt that Disney really didn't know what to do with the Muppets and that Muppets haunted mansions seemed like they were going now in the right direction. And he said, yes. And he said, they're under new, um, they're under sort of new executives now, and uh, they, and so that he feels they're in a really good place. And they're, and I'll get into who they're under uh, on our Halloween episode. But, and they, yes, indeed, they do have ideas for other shows. Bill Beretta has ideas that he, for more Muppet shows, and they're all in the initial sort of, you know, blue sky stages, some of them right now, but, we are going to see more of this, and the the length was determined because for a, a television special, they determine what the length should be, mm-hmm. and that's why it's that odd fifty two minutes and all that. Because I guess if it ever goes to network TV, they have room for commercials or something.
1: Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, and that's if you follow like the hour long format with TV mm-hmm. shows, that's where I'm like they could have made it that like solid 40 minutes. Cause that's basically yeah. if you cram in a lot of commercials with it, but they also have that option too, where they can, they can place more commercials in it and cut yeah. down on the runtime. But I, I, I don't want to say it in this way. I hope it never sees the light of day on network television for this. I like that. It's special. And on Disney Plus and a reason mm-hmm. to subscribe to that.
0: I, I yeah. think it's perfect for it. I agree. And he said one of the reasons that they, there's a reason why they chose Haunted Mansion. And I'll get into that on our Halloween special. So I'm doing lots of, a lot of reasons why you want to listen to that show. And, <laughs> um, me. but they, <laughs> but they, they chose Haunted Mansion for a reason. And one of the reasons is that they sort of wanted to, you know, the, what is the, what is the television special for Halloween? that we don't miss every year it's the great pumpkin charlie brown and they wanted to knock charlie brown off his pedestal so
1: i don't uh, as a massive fan of peanuts and snoopy uh at times me too i you know growing up i would actually probably put peanuts above disney and i i still wrestle with that some days. I don't know if they knocked off uh if they knocked off the great pumpkin but it, they they did a heck of a job with
0: this thing they did and I'll watch this every year i mean I really enjoyed it and i I am so much happier with this kind of of venue for the Muppets this kind- of, than liberty square (laughs) there's (laughs) um, room for both (laughs) well not my world but (laughs) there's a there there's a lot of room for for this kind of production for the muppets and i am really hopeful i just feel that they're starting to get back to the heart of who the muppets were yeah with this type of production and um I, I'm hoping they've rediscovered who the Muppets were and that they're going to continue to develop material like this for them where they're where they you know they're at their best sometimes when they are playing other characters yes you know and and that's one of the reasons I like
1: this yeah I, I feel so. like it it's while the performers are one in the same with with their characters uh it's sometimes just it it just adds to the ease of enjoyment i mean that's why so many mm-hmm. people look at muppet christmas carol or even muppet treasure island as Yep, exactly
0: favorite. yeah it just and i, I fit. yeah and they were looking at those productions those films when they were you know thinking about okay what are we going to do with them in in this show yeah so, and, and that makes so,
1: sense cuz Kirk Thatcher mm-hmm. uh, I if I'm not mistaken he goes all the way back to that point he's he's worked alongside with Henson for a long time so it it would only make sense
0: yeah yeah speaking of Disney Plus it's announced this week that they're supposedly going to be working on another film that those of us who listen to Connecting with Walt would, it will supposedly enjoy. Um, and so th- they're going to be developing a movie about Walt Disney and how he, his whole journey to build Disneyland. And it's going to premiere on Disney Plus. Um, David Gordon Green is directing this film, I guess. From what I read he did a film I did not watch called Halloween Kills. I don't know if you're familiar with well, that Craig. It's the he is in charge of
1: all the the rebooted Halloween. That's really a sequel to the oh, original one. Okay, uh, okay. The first one came out in 2018 and then Halloween Kills uh actually is out as of the day of this release.
0: And then oh, okay. there's one more to come. Oh, I've heard about Okay, I've heard about that. I watched the first 3 Halloween films when they came out and that was sort of enough for me. But, the third uh, one's where it gets goofy and it's insulting yeah, I think towards that's the a, Irish and like That's of, what did that's what did me in. I think on that. I on would that recommend series.
1: watching these ones. Um, the the more you, recent ones. Well, yeah, you do you do the first Halloween movie, still the classic John Carpenter, Jamie Lee Curtis, and then mm-hmm. Halloween from twenty eighteen, which is the direct sequel to the original movie. So it ignores two through seven or however many they kept making in a row. It's an it, one called H two O or something. Yeah. There <laughs> are so many, so many, but it ignores all of those. So it is a direct sequel to the very first one and it picks back up with Jamie Lee Curtis and and Michael Myers returning, you know, forty years later. And so that film's about that and now we have Halloween Kills, which is about to release. And then I think the third one comes out next year. And uh, he's, it, it, I will say the way he has handled the Halloween franchise, he, he understands clearly uh, how fans, uh, how fans, uh, I, I don't want to call it fan servicing because I know that gets thrown around a lot, but he understands expectations in, in my opinion okay. when it comes to that. So not, not a
0: negative thing at all. Okay. And then the, the person writing the screenplay, you'll be able to pronounce his name. Evan Spiliatopoulos. He, his credits include Disney's Beauty and the Beast and Snow White and the Huntsman. He's supposedly writing a screenplay. So I don't know. I'm hoping it's more accurate than Saving Mr. Banks because I like that film, but it is not in any way a historic representation of how the film Mary Poppins was created. So, um, I'm hoping this is a little more accurate, but it has to be entertaining at the same time. So we'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'll place entertainment value over.
1: I'll I'll place entertainment value over realism because you know what? Real life is boring from time to time. (laughs) Uh, so if, if they need to take some dramatic license with it, uh, i i'm okay with it you know it doesn't need to be quentin tarantino style and (laughs) rewriting history entirely
0: but um i'm okay if they jazz things up a little bit (laughs) okay well we will see we'll see if this sees the light of day but um anyway well craig until next time how can our listeners connect
1: with you uh, as always, you can find me on all the shows I'm on on the Dis Unplugged Podcast Network, and you can find me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Teleclaster, and then you can always email me, Craig at
0: wdwinfo.com. Michael, what about you? You can send me messages at michael at WDWinfo.com. Twitter, I'm at mbowling one two one. Facebook, I'm Michael Bowling dash connecting with Walt. Instagram, I'm Michael Bowling the Diz. And you can connect with me and Craig on Twitter at connecting Walt. If you would like to listen to more shows on the history of Walt Disney, his studio, his Imagineers and Disneyland, check out our Disneyland podcast archives for my Disney history episodes on the link Craig includes in our show notes or at DisneyUnplugged.com. Look for past episodes of Connecting with Walt on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Pandora and Amazon podcasts where you can subscribe to our show and leave some positive reviews and ratings when possible.